everyone, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Today it is the 18th of September, 2022. And this show, we're going to have some big takeaways from the weekend that was in Big 12 football. A wild, fun weekend. Once again, it feels like every single weekend is like that, but some big takeaways. Kansas for real. OU looks like they are the real deal, Holyfield. And a whole lot more coming up on today's show. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Thank you guys for making us a part of your day on this Sunday or Monday, whenever you are listening. Make sure you guys subscribe. Our subscriber push continues. The goal is still 2500 by the end of October, not sure we're going to get there, but we need your guys' help before we even try to make it this thing close. The goal was 2000 by the beginning of October. We crushed that. So let's see if we can go for 2500. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at LO Big 12. Follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Um, you know, folks, it's pretty crazy. We're, we're basically done with non con in the Big 12. There are, I think, three more non conference games remaining, right? TCU's had a bye. They had to play SMU. West Virginia still has to play Virginia Tech on Thursday night. They played Kansas last week. So obviously, you know, that's a conference game. So they have to have a non-conference game there to balance it out. And also Kansas has to play Duke and they'll do that next week at home. But basically, I mean, like we're, you know, those are still three pretty important games. All three of those games are very important. Uh, like, like really, really important for all those teams. But like, you know, a majority of the, I mean, 70% of the big 12 teams are now done with non-conference and uh, some of them had to take some hits to get through it. Right. Uh, some of these teams did not make it all the way through unscathed as, as you look at the big 12 and kind of a snapshot right now, Oklahoma goes undefeated. They are three and oh, Kansas, they are three and oh, Iowa state. They are three and oh, Oklahoma state. They are three and oh, TCU is still two and oh, they've got the SMU game. As I mentioned before, Baylor took the loss to BYU. Kansas State took the loss to Lane. We'll get to that. Texas lost to Alabama in a pretty impressive fashion. Uh, Texas Tech lost to NC State, which we'll also get to. And obviously, West Virginia got their first win of the weekend. Um, but this is shaping up to be a really fun race. I mean, I think all these teams have flaws like we expected, uh, but they kind of, you know, been exposed in different ways. And so let's go through this weekend and kind of the, the high points, uh, high points and low points, you know, the big takeaways. And as much as I want to start with Oklahoma, because I think that in terms of a national story uh, with, with implications that will affect the end of the season and potentially who wins a national championship, Oklahoma is most relevant. But for our conference, for the future of our conference, uh, you know, the one thing that I think this weekend the most we have to talk about is the Kansas Jayhawks 48, Houston 30 on the road. Kansas gets to three and zero. They improved to two and zero on the on the road, and so they've beaten West Virginia and Houston on the road. And this was a weird game that had a weather delay. There was hail. There was rain. And I like to use uh, combat sports analogies. If you guys have not noticed, I'm a big combat sports fan, but I like to use those analogies. I prefer them to war analogies because you know it's not. I feel like the football and war thing. It's overblown. Whatever. Um, the 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 Kansas Jayhawks are the fighter 
that needs to get popped and potentially dropped before he can start going, right? He is the fighter, and, and this is there's a guy in the UFC or used to be in the UFC, Eddie Alvarez, who was like this. He had to get dropped before he really felt like he could come alive. Uh, he had to eat a few punches before he'd come alive. Obviously, the Conor McGregor fight withstanding. Um, Kansas has gone down 14 to nothing in consecutive weeks, and they've rallied off 21 points in a row in consecutive weeks. They were down 14 nothing. They then they took a 28 to 14 lead, and uh, you know there, there was some battling back and forth. But once they got this thing to two scores, and they eventually got it to three scores thanks to a Jared Casey touchdown catch from. Jalen Daniels, they did not look back in this game at all. And I, I want to say about Kansas, number one, the organization of Lance Leipold has been fantastic. That's what allows has allowed this team to thrive, right? That's number one. But number two, the players have to execute this. They have to go out there and compete and win and believe they can win and you know follow through with the game plan. And this Kansas team has deficiencies. I think they're pretty clear. Number one, they're slow starters, and you cannot start slow against everybody. It's just not going to work. Number two, their defense will give it up to you a little bit, right? Uh, what they do lack in that, though, they'll force turnovers. But their ace in the hole right now, their trump card, is that Jalen Daniels is not only a fantastic leader, because I got to hear him talk for the first time of the day. He joined us on Big 12 Radio. He is a fantastic player, and he is – I still really think he's got a long way to go in terms of being a passer, a very long way to go in terms of being a passer. But that being said, he is so effective because this entire Kansas offense too, the staff has always done a great job, whether it be Buffalo, whether it be KU, whatever, Whitewater, of tailoring an offense to the personnel. And this team can run the football. I was, I was, I had to edit down the Kansas game to three hours for something I was doing for Sirius XM. And one thing I heard them man, uh, mess, mention on the broadcast was they will run power. They'll run counter. They'll run inside zone. They'll run outside zone. They'll run sweeps. They'll run RPOs. They'll run straight ops. They'll do everything. They'll throw the entire kitchen sink at you when it comes to running the football. And the one thing I noticed while watching the game yesterday is that they're not afraid to do it at like literally any point, right? Third and seven, third and eight, that could still be a rundown for them. Like they're not afraid to run the football in third and long situations if they feel like that's their best play. If they think that gives them the best chance, and oftentimes it does. And the one reason I mentioned Jalen Daniels passing is like there's a couple times we can tell he's kind of using those legs to extend plays and to kind of open things up for him passing-wise. He's still not a refined pocket passer. He's still missed a bunch of guys but it's going to improve. Like, I think it's going to get better. What the upper bound limit is, like, like where he tops out, I've got no clue. But you can tell he's learning and he's improving. He's been learning and improving. And um, he knows his strength right now is running the football. I think that's really where it lies. I mean, it's a guy now, you know, just ran for 12 carries for 123 and two touchdowns on the night. He's thrown at this point in time. Uh, he's completing 67% of his passes, actually down from last year right now, but for 8.1 yards. Uh, per completion, which is pretty good. Seven touchdowns, which is what he threw all of last year on uh, on basically 50 more attempts. Eight, uh, Seven touchdowns to one interception. Also 27 carries for 237 and three touchdowns. Um, he, you know, he's, he's, he's running for 8.8 .8 yards per carry. Like he's just got this entire offense working. 
and he's comfortable. This is his third year there and his second year at Lance Leipold. And you can tell this guy is a natural leader who understands how to lead this football team and how to, uh, you know, to how to run this offense. And he, I think he's actually pretty good at understanding. Like, I think he knows he's limited passer. I, th- I think he knows that he's limited right now as a passer. It doesn't, doesn't stop him making bad decisions sometimes, but I think he understands this and he understands his talent level. It's off the charts, but I think he knows like wh- how refined his game is in, in relation to how talented he is. I think he understands the talent that he is. I think he understands like, okay, I, you know, I'm getting better. I am improving. And you're seeing it. And and um, they were a nine and a half point dog in this game. And they've been dogs back to back weeks. And his team got off the mat in this game. Now, look, you know, guys like Kenny Logan, who had that bag, the big interception, kind of helped this thing out. But this team plays together. It's like there is this momentum that the Jayhawks seem to carry as a collective that is really kind of frightening in a way. I mean, once they get it rolling, they are rolling. And they will roll over you. And this, you know, we saw the Houston team fighting on the sidelines. This team has not been as good as I thought. But Kansas, man, I thought they'd cover, but I, I didn't think they would look this good. And we're going to have more conversations that, about them as the week goes on and kind of we're going to expect moving forward. But their over, over, their over, under win total was three. They hit three. They're there right now, the Kansas Jayhawks. And they're going to play Duke at home. Next week, a three another three and zero team to get to four and zero. Like that's a that's going to be a huge football game. I actually thought for a second that College Game Day should have considered going to that game. I, I thought they really should have because they're going to Tennessee, Florida, and that is great. That's a wonderful rivalry. It's a lot of fun. Um, but you know, and it's going to be fun to see how good Florida is. But like Kansas Duke is pretty unique in the fact that these two teams are obviously basketball schools, and they're both three and zero. And I mean, I think Kansas has played better competition than uh, than Duke has. But I think that'd be just electric to see college game day go to their football. It'd be awesome. I, I think uh, they should have done that. But whatever. I mean, Kansas, man. Like, are, I don't know what it means to say, are they re- are for real or is this the deal? But I mean, six wins is not out of the realm of possibility for them. They need three more. You know, if they go three and six the rest of the way, they're in a bowl game, right? And uh, the schedule gets tougher now, obviously. But I mean, they could they could easily get there. Uh, I'm not talking about winning the Big 12 or anything like that. But this this thing is carrying over right now. We're not sure how good Houston is. We're not sure how good West Virginia is, but but they are they are a good football team. They are a well coached, organized football team with talented players in a variety of spots. And so we have to acknowledge that. And I'm really curious to see how it goes. I've got no clue how good it's going to be. I've got no clue. I knew they hit the over. I, I'm so confident in that over when I, I that ticket cashed for me. But um, yeah, that, that's all I have to say about the Jayhawks, at least for right now. Hey everyone, today's show is brought to you by BetOnline and BetOnline.net. Go to BetOnline today. It's your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, podcasts, and including this year's lines up to date every single week, live lines as well. But not just that. Major League Baseball is going towards the playoffs. F1 and NASCAR going around. NASCAR in the playoffs. A lot of fun to bet on right now, MMA, boxing, and golf, all of those things, and more soccer, Champions League, they have it there at BetOnline and BetOnline.net. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. All right, Oklahoma 49, Nebraska 14. They went down 7-0, and they, they absolutely hammered, hammered Nebraska. You know, let's go back to Brent Venables taking this job. You know, a lot of conversation around, obviously, Lincoln Riley when he leaves. Um, and a lot of OU fans said, well, we're just better off point blank with Brent Venables 
I think a lot of them stood out of resentment. I was always of the of the tact that I thought they could end up being better off with Brent Venables because of what he will do coaching the defense and also getting them defensive talent because the one holdup for them has been the defense. Now you might say, well, they're going to be giving up something on offense. As long as I get guys like Jeff Levy, look, it'll be hard to do. But if you keep getting really good offensive coordinators in there, I mean, no, it's possible. We see coaches do it all the time. But if you keep getting, getting really good guys to call plays for you, I mean, this thing's going to work. And this thing's going to work in the, in, in the SEC as well as the, as the Big 12. Um, they, they, were, they, were really, they did a really good job right after the, the, the opening drive. They just shut down everything. That's a decent Nebraska offense that, that they have over there. And uh, Dylan Gabriel then, you know, he's not always like the most efficient passer in the world, and he was not in this game. But uh, that touchdown run that he had, was a pretty electric run up up the sideline. And I thought Eric Gray, this is probably the best pure rushing game that he has had. Now, this Nebraska defense sucks. It's a really bad defense. But he is, you know, he was really efficient, 11 for 113 and two touchdowns. I, I think this team is, is well-rounded with coming together, and, and they've got some really good defensive players. I mean, Deshaun White and Billy Bowman and Danny Stutzman, I mean, those guys are really good players that they've got on this football team on the defensive side. And look, they had really good players on defense last year, right? But they never had a guy like a Jaron Kanak who just came off the bench for them and was wrecking shop during that game. Um, and, you know, we saw them get, have a bunch of guys that drafted last year, but like this is a, we talk about organization, like this is a defense that is tackling together. They are, you know, if somebody can't stop somebody, somebody else coming along to help finish off the play. Multiple guys aren't letting guys go like they did last year. I think we have to acknowledge that about Oklahoma. And look, I I think they can carry this thing pretty far. Do I think that they're Alabama, Georgia, or um, Ohio State good? No, I do not. I do not think they're that good. But they've got to be legitimately considered as the fourth best team as the country right now. Think about Michigan and Clemson. You have to toss OU in that group. Once again, they played UTEP, Kent State, and a bad Nebraska team. But they've had three blowout victories, much like, uh, you know, much like, Michigan has, in a game where we didn't really know what we were going to see, like the goal was to make Nebraska look like Nebraska's look. And they did that. And they executed that game plan. Well, right after being punched in the mouth. So I, I thought the playmaking was good. I thought the talent obviously is there to, for them to achieve. And I think at this point uh, you are crazy. If you don't think the Sooners are the front runner to win this, to win this conference, I picked them to win this conference at the beginning of the year. Um, I stand by that prediction right now. And I think they look like a Big 12 title, uh, the, the favorite, as we go into the season. Well, will that hold up? The, you know, the, the week-to-week gets a little bit more challenging now. But their runway into the season, they passed the test so far, save that first half against Kent State. But, look, we all kind of get mulligans as we go along, right? Uh, I think that's kind of how this thing works. All right. Uh, the next biggest result of the day, Tulane 17, Kansas State 10. Boy, was I wrong about Kansas State. What was I wrong about? Well, I was right about one thing. I had no clue. I said at some point, Adrian Martinez is going to have to throw the football. All right. Number one, I overlooked Tulane. That's the number one thing. I said Tulane uh, or Adrian Martinez would have to throw the football and, and make some plays and make things happen for them. And that happened a lot sooner than I thought. I didn't think it would happen this week. I thought it would happen next week against OU. Right. This defense played really well in this game, but Martinez, 21 for 31. So it's, you know, really efficient or a very efficient day. For 150 and a touchdown, 41.3% rating, 13 carries, 59 yards. Um, 
you know, on like plays where he was involved, right? So 31 passing attempts and 13 rushing attempts is what we have him at right now, right? So that's 40, uh, my math, but 44 plays, right? Okay, so 44 plays, we're calling your number, you're involved. And what you did netted us a total of 209 yards. It's just not good enough. And, you know, they don't, their offense does not feel threatening outside of the one guy, Deuce Vaughn, who looked to be frank, didn't have a great day. He had over a hundred total yards of offense, but really they couldn't, it's 20 for 81 of the touchdown longest run was um, 26 yards. Now give credit to this, this two lane defense, man. They were fired up. They were ready to go. Michael Pratt on offense did just enough in this game. I don't think he was particularly good. Did just enough in this game. That one drive they had to go down the field was uh, I thought was a pretty impressive drive, but the, the, um, there was one play in this game. I forgot to tell you, I thought it was controversial. Somebody will correct me about this because I had this on, I had a couple screens going. So if somebody wants to talk to me about what play I feel like was controversial, then they can let me do that. Um, somebody let me know if, if I'm missing something here, but for this game to go the way it did and um, just Kansas state, never able to kick it out of, first gear. I mean, they were, they were able to take a 10, 10, seven lead, but because they can't put their foot on the gas offensively, it meant they fell behind. They kind of did it to Missouri in the first half. They got some help in that second half because of all the turnovers, right? But they just couldn't put their foot down and get after it the way I wanted to see them do it. And it's going to, it cost them. And so, you know, maybe it's classic Kansas state fashion. They'll give up the one this past week. They'll go into OU next week and they'll go get the job done. But I, I don't think so. I'm, I'm not really high on that right now. Like I thought, okay, how far can this defense carry them? And the defense did an awesome job this week. The defense was not the problem. Like they've given up. Let's see. It was, they shut out in the first game, 12 in the second game and 17 in the third game. They've given up 29 points in three, in three games uh, and a hundred and 180 minutes of football, 29 points. That gets the job done to me. I, I'm not like at all, whatever you want to say. I mean, the total yards for 300, actually they both had identical total yards, 336 total yards and one for 12 on third down is what they held Tulane to. But once again, credit Tulane's defense, but Adrian Martinez, you just don't feel threatened at all with him as a passer. Like he's not going to hit you downfield. You know, that, that threat's not there and he's not always great at threading the needle in tough spots and making throws the outside and all kinds of stuff. That's, that's kind of where you see, you know, things bear themselves out. Two for 15 on third down, one for five on fourth down, and yards per pass was 4.8. It's just not good enough. It's not good enough. 4.4 yards rush wasn't very good either. And um, they even won the turnover battle in this game and lost the football game because they're simply not explosive enough, or in the passing game at least. Like, they, they'll hit explosive plays, but it's usually, you know, some kind of sweep of Malik Knowles or Deuce Vaughn hits the explosive play. They're just not explosive enough in the passing game to really threaten teams vertically. And I, I think that, I mean, that could see them get beat up next week against Kansas State. It was Kansas State, excuse me, or against Oklahoma. Will they refine things and be good to go after that? I'm sure they will. I'm really sure that you're going to have a, a effort from this team next week that is going to, you know, be really impressive. And Chris Kleiman is a good organizer of men as well. I think that they'll be good to go next week, but like it won't really matter if your passing game is so inexplosive that you're not hitting big passing plays against like anybody. I mean, they're not hitting. Pa- I, I want to know what the biggest passing play that he's hit this year. Adrian Martinez has hit this year. I'll do some research on that, but it's just it's not threatening enough. And if that's the case, man, like you know this this Kansas State team will will go seven and five once again.
Um, because I thought at some point they hit like one or two big plays, right? Like one or two is all I'm asking for uh, at this point in time. Like I, I eventually you want him to be a more consistent downfield throw where you can hit four or five big passing plays, you know, in a game if need be, right? If you have to. And I'm not saying big plays, I mean like 20 plus yard passes, right? You can hit those. Uh, and I know it's not, that's not super common, but like, you know, it even feels like 15 yards is, is kind of out of his range right now. Um, but I was wrong, man. They, they cannot just run their way through this thing. I thought they could run their way and play defense through it. And a good team like Tulane proved me completely wrong. It was not the case. It's not the case for them right now. It's kind of a little bit back to not square one, but I mean, we know what the issue is. Like it's pretty identifiable, right? There are games you just cannot run the football and you need to do something else. Baylor went through this uh, against BYU too. All right. So I, I think that's something we have to identify. Uh, NC State beats Texas Tech 27 to 14. The the big story here is the injury uh, to linebacker. I believe Bryce Ramirez is, is his name. Um, he suffers the injury early on in this game. Uh, not only when actually, yeah, yeah, first quarter, first, second quarter, whatever it was. Um, and it was just, I felt like Texas Tech had a really tough time getting in from after that. It wouldn't have mattered. I thought the better team in this game was um, was NC State. Devin Leary wasn't very good. I thought the the uh, the defense from Tech totally stood up, did a good job against the run as well. But the one problem for them was a couple turnovers, right? The the pick six put them in really good position that, and them being um, NC State. Uh, I mean, I thought there was a rally coming. It was 20 nothing at one point. I said, this offense has got to be good enough. Donovan Smith hits, hits Miles Price. And they're able to go, you know, claw a little bit back. And then Donovan Smith gets three yard run in the fourth quarter and claws a little back. But but they were never really within striking distance. And that's because Donovan Smith is not as refined as a passer as we'd like him to be. And also NC State's defense was phenomenal in this game. They forced turnovers, they protected a lot, they did a great job at the line of scrimmage. They didn't allow a bunch of big passing plays. Um, and you know, they also they won the turnover battle. They forced three turnovers. So uh that was kind of the big one. And and um tech only got one. So I, I think winning turnover battle was obviously really big here in this game. Tech can win sometimes if they don't win that TO battle. It's just a matter of what kind of p- opponent are they playing. And look, I mean, I didn't. Th- I thought Texas Tech would lose this game. I thought that um, NC State would cover the ten and a half, and it wasn't like they blew them out. But this was kind of one of those that was not as close. I guess. I guess it might be as close as score indicates. Like it, it was a. It was a two score game. It was really a two score game. Two to three score game. Uh, for a team on the road. And look, Tech's, tech season is off to a good start. And I think this result is a nice little reality check to say, all right, when we punch above our weight class, what are the things that we have to take care of? And look, this week against Texas, they'll have to take care of the turnovers. Donovan Smith, I love him. He is very talented. I believe this. But I, I eventually think, once again, I was wrong about maybe he should not have been the starting quarterback. Yes, he was the reigning Big 12 Offensive Player of the Week, but that was also at the cost of three turnovers in the previous week. Uh, Tyler Shuck is just a classic pocket. He's not a good athlete, but like he is much more of a classical pocket passer than one Donovan Smith is. And there's, I think that's the reason why Zach Hitley did select him to be the starting quarterback. So I think that my observations on that game are, yeah, this is, you know, tech is not as good as NC state is. It's just not where they are right now. And yeah, they kind of need a crazy result to get by Houston, but they got the job done. So this is a, this is a team that's playing a really tough schedule. They're probably going to be a five and seven, six and 16. And they get to that point. It's still really good. And um, they're still growing. You're still learning. So I'm not going to take too much off of, of Texas tech. I didn't think they were NC state good. So I, and, and it's, and like, 
if you if you're upset by this, I mean, if you're a tech fan, I understand why. But if you're like upset and you're saying, "Oh man, you know, tech uh, tech disappointed this weekend," like, yeah, the result was disappointing. But I would say this, like, this is a natural learning curve and process and and, and all those things. Like, this is this was probably going to happen, so it's all good. No worries, Joe Joe McGuire, Joey Juice, still good to go. All right, few more results to hit here, kind of in the uh, the, the the other remaining things. Texas forty-one to twenty, kind of a slow burn. Ended on turning, ended up turning it on in the end. Uh, they outscored UTSA in the second half of this game, twenty-four to three. After going to halftime tied, look, it's what I expected, man. Like Bijan Robinson was fantastic in this game. Hudson Card was good enough in this game. Bijan once uh, once again, I'll give you guys a stat line here: twenty for one eighty-three and three scores. Roshan was eleven for eighty-one. Uh, they you know, they ran the ball almost for three hundred yards. Bijan Robinson had a massive 78 yard run. Um, uh, it was a touchdown run that he had and looked fantastic. Like for a guy who might've been injured, he took the rock 20 times and, and just gets it done. Interesting is we're not seeing Xavier worthy put up big numbers just yet. I like the fact they're spreading the ball around, but he's not putting up massive numbers, 11 catches, 162, and uh, not scored a touchdown yet on this season. Still a fantastic player. And I, once again, I believe they should be spreading the ball around, but this passing offense has just gotten off to a weird start, especially because of the injury to, to Quinn Ewers and especially because of the injury to Hudson card. So one more week, hopefully for card to get healthy. We'll see what happens. They've got a tough, that tough road test against Texas tech. People were shaking their heads about this game and worried about this game. I was all over Texas laying the points. I thought because their defense, I thought their defense did a very good job in this contest. Um, I thought they were ready for a challenge like, you know, like this, I thought, I thought they were not going to get caught off guard and while they allowed 408 yards of total offense and nine for 16 on third down, which is a, it's a big, a big problem. They were really good against the rush only allowing 3.2 yards per carry and they forced turnovers uh, forced a turnover, I should say as well. So Texas, you know, I thought the defense were being on the field as much as they were in this game, did a good job holding them only 20 points and only 17 of those were in the first half and that made a good second half adjustments. So um, I, I thought this was a good win. Like all things considered, that was a good win. It, you know, eventually when Texas wants to be Texas again, sure, you should blow out UTSA. But for a team that is well coached, like UTSA is, they're already battle tested with games against uh, Houston and against uh, Army. This is kind of like the best you could hope for, in my opinion. Uh, or not the best you could hope for, but obviously, like, you know, this is a good result against a pretty decent team. So you're happy, you pass the test, you move on, you focus on Texas Tech um, next week. Rest of the results, 63 to uh, 63 to seven for Oklahoma State. They get to three and oh, they are a top 10 team. I'm not sure if they are. I guess we'll see. Baylor, after a slow start in the first quarter, and then it was also 21 seven at halftime, they go on to win a nice, it was a kind of a methodical 35 point win over Texas State, 42 to seven, but still a good result, uh, right there. Nice job. Richard Reese had a massive game in this one 19 for 156 uh, and three touchdowns. Um, also, sorry, Oklahoma State fans. I'm just not going to give you guys too much love for the Pine Bluff game. Uh, Spencer Sanders, awesome. Beat the hell out of a bad team. 13 for 16 for 242, two scores. Uh, and let's see, I think he did, I uh, did not run for one in this game, but yeah, uh, nice, uh, nice effort for him in this one. And it was easy, kind of over. I mean, they scored 28 points in the first quarter, they were up by 42 at the end of the half. So, uh, you know, not a ton to say there. Uh, like kind of methodical, nice beating for for Baylor over Texas State. West Virginia just they they clock towels and they should clock towels them, but like they needed that. And they go into a game against Virginia Tech, who was not very impressive against Wofford yesterday. So there you go. Iowa State forty three, 
and Ohio 10. Iowa State, 30 to 3 at halftime, man. They put it on them. This Iowa State team might be a lot better than I thought. We'll see next week with Baylor coming to town. Deckers was very efficient in this game. And uh, now they move on next week. And also, once again, is, is man Xavier Hutchinson. I mean, Hutch has to be loving the fact, you know, like I'm sure he loved Chase Allen and he loved uh, Tully Blank and the other Titans name, uh, Chase Allen and Charlie Kolar. I'm sure he loved them both very much as teammates. But, um, you know, now he is a safety blanket and they're going to him and he is making good. And uh, I've not always been his biggest proponent, but he's been fantastic this season. So another big win for them. They look to be pretty strong and they have a game. It's, uh, that line is swinging. I mean, guys, you look ahead to next week's games. West Virginia, Virginia Tech, Thursday night on ESPN. Baylor, Iowa State, and that's two and a half points, Brad. Baylor and uh, Iowa State is even, according to, I'm just reading ESPN. We use bet online. Their lines are better off. But right now, I'm just reading the ESPN schedule. Uh, TCU, SMU, even spread on that one. Duke and Kansas. Kansas is a nine-point favorite. Texas Tech and Texas. Texas is a four and a half point favorite. And Oklahoma, Kansas State, which... Folks, we know that game has got a lot of history. Um, that one is a 13-point spread. So, you know, Vegas thinks that we're going to have some close games next week. And I'm excited because it's a lot of conference, three fun non-conference. And I'm pretty fired up, guys. I'm pretty fired up what we have coming up next week. But those are my takeaways from week number three as we go full throttle to week number four. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, at LOBig12. Follow me, at Josh Neighbors underscore. Please subscribe to the channel. Uh, and hit the notifications button, tap that bell for notifications, hit the like button as well when you guys do that. All right, my friends, till next time, as always, stay safe.